0: Hey, I'm Wyatt Welch and you're listening to Echo Talk. You guys, I've listened to that intro, not even joking, probably about 50 times now just with trying to get it correct and trying to record this in a in a good fashion, and I still get chills every time I hear it. And I'm so excited just because it's fun and it's I feel like that intro encapsulates, I don't know if that's a word, but if it isn't, I'm going to make it up and run with it. It captures me as a person pretty well, I would say. So thank you. Thank you for the YouTube video that let me use that without any copyright. So thank you. Love that journey for me. You guys, welcome to Echo Talk. It is For me, it is currently 1047 PM. I'm in my room. It's the lights are off. The mood is set with a sweet tobacco candle which is the Harry style scent. You know, that's what people say Harry Styles smells like, is sweet tobacco. So, of course, that's illuminating my room with the scent of that. And I have my little tea here. And it's the perfect night to start a podcast, right? It's the first episode vibes going on in this room right now, and I'm very happy with it. I don't want to bore you guys with the basic intro of what this podcast is or the story of me because... I feel like the majority of you listening right now probably do know me and I probably forced you to listen to this. So I won't bore you for too long. I will go pretty fast with it. I'll keep it under a minute. I'm sure I could do that. I can do that for sure. Let's start with an introduction to myself, me, myself, and I. I am Wyatt Welch. I am 23 years old. I currently live here in Utah, the land of the pioneers and soda shops. So this is the place. This is the place. I've been wanting to do something like this A podcast forever. I mean, since I was a kid, I've known I was going to become famous someday, but all the different stages I've tried haven't really worked out. Uh, Like theater. I've done theater. I've done acting and I can, I can do okay with it. I, I, I can carry it, but I definitely know I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio. I know, I know my limits. Same thing with singing. I can hold a tune, but I'm no way America's next talent. So maybe podcasting, maybe podcasting has just been the stage I've been missing for a minute here and we'll see how that goes. We're going to give it a 3 trial 3 episode trial run and if it's great then perfect. And if it's a dumpster fire of of online talking, then at least I only have 3 episodes out there that someone can roast me for. So that will be my my goal to finish this. I mean some of you may have already decided 3 minutes into this of saying, "All right, yeah, this this ain't it, sis." And that's okay because maybe it ain't it, but we'll we'll get there for 3 episodes. All right. Moving on, that's that's as far as I want to go into for my intro and what this podcast is going to be about, I figured that this podcast, would, my vision of it would be more of a free form of where I get to be able to talk about what I'm passionate about, so it doesn't have to necessarily stick to one genre of things. So I felt today the best, best thing that I could start off with is theater, because I hate to admit it, but I am a theater kid. But before we do that, I thought it'd be kind of fun to start off with a pyramid. Not the mummy style pyramid, but the one and only Abby Lee Miller Dance Moms Pyramid. Now, if you don't know what Dance Moms is, if you're not familiar with that TV show, let me just tell you first, it is a terrible show, but it is amazing in all the best ways. I legitimately probably watch YouTube clips of Dance Moms for hours a day because they are so entertaining and so iconic to me. It's terrible. It's honest. They're not great people. They don't have good attitudes, but I love it. I love watching those edits that people make on YouTube of Dance Moms, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to say that on my first episode of a podcast. I think that needs to be brought out in the open, that Dance Moms edits on YouTube are top tier. So what Dance Moms does is at the beginning of the week, she puts her students into this pyramid of saying, okay, who performed The best is at the top of the pyramid, who performed the worst is at, of course, the bottom. So I don't want to rank, of course, dancers. I want to rank categories that I feel like need some sort of systematic rating here. And the first topic that came to mind that needed to be rated in my own personal life is if a candy came to life and had to be my romantic partner, what would it be? And this... This has plagued me because I have fought myself back and forth. I fought with others back and forth over their bad choices of what they would personally bring to life. So I think I've decided on my pyramid. Starting at the bottom of the pyramid, we have the absolute worst possible answer that could ever be proven or spoken. And that is a Babe Ruth. If a Babe Ruth came to life and asked for my hand in marriage, I would simply have to pass away. I could not go with I could not go through with it. There's no way I would marry a Babe Ruth. And here is why. I would not come near a Babe Ruth come to life. Because this is what they would look like. This is what they would look like. They would have the blue and white boxer pattern shorts. You know, you know the ones. With a white wife beater tank top that's oily and dirty and grimy. Oily, dirty, and grimy, the three worst E's. That could ever exist. And their hair, they would have three strands of hair that would be just flapping around on top of their head. It's like, shave it. Just shave the hair at that point. Don't leave it there. That—that That is a Babe Ruth come to life. It is a grunkle Stan from Gravity Falls come to life. And I don't want that. Nope, nope, nope. That's out for me. No Babe, Ruth. no Babe Ruths. Next, a blow pop. Now, don't get me wrong because blow pops would be hot. Okay, blow pops would be so hot but they would be the absolute worst. They would be the type of people that you would send a sweet text to and they'd leave you on read. They would, you would ask them out to go on a date, they would stand you up. You would have to go to therapy because of a blow pop, okay? That is what it is. And I stand by that. Next, Skittles. Now, hear me out. I love Skittles with all my heart, in my personal life, but as a person, that'd be too much. I could not handle a Skittles person, okay? Because... I don't want to taste the rainbow every single day. I love Skittles at a very reasonable rate, but to have them come to life as a person, that'd be too much for me. You know, I'd be too overwhelmed. Sorry, Skittles, I love ya, but you, but you aren't the top. Next is my neutral choice. My kind of, my choice that is eh, and that is a Twizzler. And here's why, because when I go to the movie theaters, I think to myself, oh, you know, I'd be happy if I got some Twizzlers right now. But then I also think, oh, I would be equally as happy if I didn't get Twizzlers right now. And I just think a Twizzler come to life, I would be, I'd be happy with it, I guess I could say, but I don't think I would feel content. I think I would be searching for more, you know, I, I don't think I'd truly find the peak of my happiness with a Twizzler. And I just, I don't, I can't do it. Sorry. I mean, better than a Red Vine for sure. Twizzlers would be a much better partner than a Red Vine, but they're still just, they're meh, you know, can you see it? right next hear me out on this one because i stand by this one and i almost made this the top of my pyramid and honestly the more that i think about it the more i want to switch it but i'll stay i'll stay true rock candy now if you don't know what rock candy is you've been you've been living under a rock oh terrible pun on first episode wyatt come on a rock candy is those crystallized sugar sticks on top of a on top of a stick and they are so good. Now, a rock candy come to life would be hot. This candy would this candy would be the hottest thing that I had ever seen. This candy could get it, okay? A rock candy come to life could get it. I'm getting chills talking about this candy and that's probably not normal, but I'm feeling it. The reason why it's not my top is because I do feel like a rock candy would be a little bit dumb, a little bit dumb. And I can't have my partner be a little bit dumb because I myself am a little bit dumb so I need my partner to be able to, to carry us through. And that's why my number one choice, the top of the pyramid, ladies and gentlemen, is a lemon head. Now before you scuzz off a lemon head, because I have talked about this to a couple people and they definitely were very judgmental. So before you judge them completely off, think about, think about it. A lemon head would be so cute. Or, okay, because a lemon head come to life, who would, who would bring you soup when you're sick and ill? Lemonhead, who would tuck you in at night, making sure that you were cozy and warm and loved and cared for. A Lemonhead would do that, you guys. And they would dress so cute. They would have such good fashion. I I don't know why fashion was so (laughs) incredibly important to me in that moment there, but the fashion themselves, they would be an icon. They would be the ideal partner. I would be happy. I could adventure with them throughout my entire life. I would be more than happy to settle with a Lemonhead. And that's that. Now, if you have any any different opinions on what your pyramid would be, so let's say if you if you truly think a lemonhead's not the top pyramid, and you think I don't know what is another candy, uh, a Snickers, maybe a Snickers is your top pyramid. I want to hear why. I do want to hear why, because I can't myself see a Snickers being a top priority for me in this pyramid. But maybe, maybe I could be convinced. I will probably not be convinced by the bottom choice. I don't think anyone could replace a worse candy come to life than a babe ruth and i stand by that now that we got that heated discussion out of the way i think it's time we move on to our our main topic of this of this episode and that is the theater the theater if you will so i i've said it already i hate i hate it with all my might to admit that i am a theater kid Okay, I enjoy playing improv games. I enjoy going to IHOP or Denny's or Buffalo Wild Wings at midnight after a show. I live for those kind of things, okay? I live for the drama. There are people who say that they hate drama, and I'm sure some people do, but I love it. I love the drama. If I'm out at uh, dinner or lunch with a friend, and they're like, do you want to hear about what happened today at work or at school? I'm like, yes, tell me more. Tell me everything that you have about this. I want to know Every single detail. I want to know the reason behind why so-and-so said this. I live for it. I don't like to start the drama. I do, however, love to sit by and somewhat have a hand in the drama. Like, I don't want to be the cause or the reason behind it, but I would like to be in the loop on things. So if you have drama going on in your life, just know I want to hear it. I want to know everything about it. I kind of want to be like Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls. That's why my hair is so big. It's full of secrets and drama. Sorry, there was someone drilling, drilling at 11:02 p.m. in the neighborhood right now, and I just wonder what kind of a project would need an electric drill at 11:02. Anyways, hope they're having a a good old time. So, to start off my to start off my little theater journey here, let's take it back to when it all began, which was I think my first honestly stage production, oh, stage production. See, look at me, sound it was a church thing i played the easter oh you guys the drama behind this church play i was set to play a student in this easter bunny play and i don't remember the plot i don't remember what the reason was but i do remember the drama the boy who played the easter bunny dropped like a day before the play was supposed to go on and i remember the director the director i say this as if this was a professional this was not professional at all this was in a sunday school class And the teacher probably had to pay out of her own pocket to even do this thing. She asked me, she said, Wyatt, we are out of an Easter bunny. I need you. And you know what? You know what my eight-year-old self said? I said, let's go. Let's do it. I mean, I probably didn't say that. I was not as confident as I am now when I was eight. But I definitely did slay that Easter bunny roll. I hopped down that church aisle. Now, I can't remember the specifics of it. But I can probably assure you, I had the audience eating out of the palm of my of my paw, if you will. Thank you. So the next time you see me, just remember, hey, he was the Easter Bunny one time. And I slayed it. Slay. I didn't even have that written down to talk about. That just randomly came to my head. And I'm really happy that it did, because that was hidden away. That was my first theater performance. And then I moved on to junior high, of course, where I did shows like Flat Stanley. Yes, Flat Stanley the Musical. And this is where someone had to be cast as the bulletin board. Could you imagine being cast as the lead? Like, you are the bulletin board who smashes this kid. Probably shouldn't say smashes. I should say flattens for more of a politically correct term. But anyways, moving on. And uh, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka was an adventure in itself because... (laughs) If you've seen Willy Wonka, you know that there's some elaborate deaths or things that happen to the children, which, by the way, is a little bit disturbing, because the way that Augustus Gloop dies, he falls into a chocolate river and gets like sucked up this chocolate tube, well, at least in the new movie, and it is terrifying. I could not imagine a more horrific death than to be drowning in a tube of chocolate fudge. The way that it would burn you? Ah, terrible. We attempted to do this as a junior high production and we didn't have the means to do this. We were at a negative $5 budget. So my friend who played Augustus Gloop, he, their solution so, okay, I have to I have to compose myself here. Their solution for Augustus Gloop falling in the river was to have him bend behind these cardboard bushes and rub and smear Hershey's chocolate syrup on his hands and face and then instantly come back up and be frozen. So you just see this little junior high kid who is singing, ducks down, comes back up and has chocolate syrup only on his you know, nose, forehead and hands and is singing. Oh, no, I'm frozen. And honestly, I don't get why they didn't do that in the real movie. Why did we why did they not just hand the, the actor a bottle of chocolate syrup and say, go for it. Cover yourself. Douse yourself in this chocolate syrup, because I think it would have given the same impression that it left our our audience in junior high. Moving on from junior high, we got to high school. And high school is a little bit a little bit rough in the theater world. I've talked to some other people, and I don't think, I don't think we necessarily had the same experience because there was multiple times my sophomore year where we were brought together as a group, as the sophomores, and we were told that we were out of a production because we weren't trying hard enough or that we were replaceable. And that happened a couple times. And I think that installed something in me. A new fear, you know, an anxious attachment style, maybe, possibly, maybe that's where maybe that's where that comes from. Is those conversations where they would just randomly tell us you're out of the show, and we weren't actually out of the show, but we did think it. We did cry, thinking that we got kicked out. So I wonder, wonder if that is a normal thing to have happen as a sophomore. Probably not, but we healed, or or we're, we're healing. <laughs> so with that being said. I definitely wanted to work my way up in the theater in that high school. So I was a theater kid. I had to prove my worth. So my sophomore year, I remember getting roles of like bad haircut guy. Legitimately, that is the title of the character. And I would have to spike up my hair to a new extreme height every night with a half a can of hairspray and a blow dryer. Honestly, if I go bald at a young age it is 100% because I did that role. 100%. So bad haircut guy, I played in Joseph where I had to dance in a mini skirt because the costumes fit all the other boys, but I was like abnormally tall compared to all of them. So the same size fits all, did not fit all. So there I was, you know, sophomore me shaking my little, my little bird legs with all, with all my thighs for everyone to see. And that was, that's something that's still not going to lie. I still think about that and wonder like, what, what was that? Then we got to the next year where we did some shows where, okay, I think about it now and I played a role of a fairy in Xanadu. So let's just, let's break that down for a second. Xanadu, first of all, if you don't know what that is, watch the movie with Olivia Newton-John. I have to talk about this for a second because it was such an impactful day and it was so recent. The day that Olivia Newton-John died, I was beside myself because I think that was the day that I finally realized I'm going to die someday. Like, no one is immortal. Not even Olivia Newton-John from Sandy in Greece. That was... That was a rough one. That was a rough day. Anyways, I just had, I had to talk about that because that did weirdly impact me so much. So anyways, she played in Xanadu the movie, which was brought to life as a musical. And I don't think that the musical Xanadu was a good idea. You know, that was a musical that I think we probably could have just left as a movie. But here we are. There I was, cast as the fairy, the muse. And I think about it now, and I wonder if that was a hate crime. Them casting me as a fairy saying, Well, I guess we can cast him. You know? And I think about it now, I'm like, okay, that's fair. That That's fair. But was it kind? Was it kind? I put in blood, sweat, and tears for this theater program. Quite literally, too. In Xanadu, Xanadu itself... My little fairy self was dancing out in the audience and I had to run up on stage, so I had to make a loop from backstage onto stage, and I tripped over a heavy weight holding a door open, and I was like, Ow, 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 that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. But the show must go on. So I get out onto stage and I'm doing my little dance and I'm smiling, you know, giving them the, the old jazzeroo, if you will. And I start to notice that something on my foot is starting to stick to the stage. And some oh, am I am I dancing in gum right now or something. It feels really sticky. I look down and I don't know if I need a trigger warning. It's not that bad, but trigger warning. (laughs) There was a pool of blood and I had sliced open my toe. So it was just bleeding out on stage. And there's this giant pool of blood and I immediately start to panic, but the show must go on. So I start to do the little dance off stage. I'm dancing, sitting down right now, as if you could see me. I'm dancing off stage and I go to the stage manager and I have them wrap it for me. And you guys... I milked that injury. I milked it so hard. I made it seem like I was, I don't know. I made it seem like my foot was gonna get amputated and I didn't stop people from letting them care for me, all right? I I—I milked it and I've always milked it. I've always been the kid who would milk an injury. I've never been seriously hurt to the point of where I needed a cast or crutches, but did I show up to school wearing a cast and using crutches? Yup. In my head, I was the hero of the show because I got hurt, but I still performed. The show went on. And am I a hero for doing that? Yeah, I think I am, actually. And I will be remembered for it forever. Speaking of the show going on when it must, I kind of like that. Why don't we say that? The show go on when it must. (laughs) That sounded like a caveman. Anyways. I was reminded by a friend that one time we were doing a cooking skit. We had to do the cooking skit, you know, on two different nights. And we had to buy cookies. So we bought cookies from Walmart, which can be expensive for a high schooler. You know, we have to pay for gas. You have to pay for food. And this was all while not having a job. So money was a little bit tight. So we had to go get these cookies. And we served them to the audience the first night. It went great. The audience loved us. They were eating from the... They were literally eating from our hands. And the next night, we came back... And we were getting ready to go set up. And like two, uh, two minutes before, we go to get the cookies. And you guys, this box was infested with, with ants. And we kind of looked at each other. Like there was three of us. And we're like, what do we do? Like, we need these. We need these cookies. The show, The show must go on. There's no other way. And you know what we did? We scraped off the ants, brushed them off, grabbed any stragglers that we could. And the show went on. We gave those cookies to the audience. And odds are, is if you know me and you knew me in high school and you came to some shows, you ate one of those cookies. So there's probably a good four of you right now who are listening to this podcast. I definitely fed you an ant cookie. But you're fine. You're okay. All right, you made it. You you survived. You ate an ant cookie. So what? Who hasn't, right? Yeah, that was my theater journey of high school, if you will. After, after high school, um... I definitely thought I was going to be done because theater in high school is completely different than community theater because one in high school theater, you have all the people who just do it as like a hobby. They're like, oh yeah, this is, this is fun. I'll do a show, but I'm also going to be a doctor, right? I'm going to be a track star, which by the way, the kids who did sports and theater props to you because you guys really are the coolest people and most of you are pretty hot, if I can just generally say. If you're in theater and you do sports, you're hot, okay? Just know it, own it. After high school, it's a different type of theater because now you don't have the, the half-breeds, if you will. Is that? yeah? You don't have the half-breeds of the sports or the doctor theater kids. You only have pure theater kid. And let me tell you, that energy can be great, but it can also be really, really scary. It could be bad, honestly. So to kind of start off these stories, I will tell you, when you are in theater after high school, you will find yourself in very weird situations. Like for example, I was in a show once where it started to pour down rain, like a really bad storm had happened. And this is all the while a performance is happening. So the audience is out there, there's actors on stage singing and doing their thing and water starts to come in through the roof. And it, like I said, it's a bad storm. So it's not just a couple little drips, it is pure waterfalls happening at this point. So I am running around dressed as... a stripper, really. And I have cowboy boots on, jean shorts, vest, and a cowboy hat. That's my outfit that I'm running around in. That's my costume. So I'm running around putting buckets underneath all these waterfalls when all of a sudden a wave of water starts to come up from the backstage doors and starts to proceed to go onto the stage. So me and like two other people were hurriedly building a dam for this water to not go out on stage. And that was just a wild little night. Like, could you imagine someone dressed as a stripper running around fixing the water damage and pools and flooding? No, it's just a theater thing. Now, like, do I consider myself the hero of the show for doing that? Absolutely, because I saved the show. I made sure that nothing bad happened. I'm the hero. And that's that's how Wyatt sees it. <laughs> like how on Glee, that's how Sue sees it. That's how Wyatt sees it. I am the hero of the show. Now to start off with your stories, a couple of you had definitely wanted me to talk about a specific show that we all did together. And to keep it a little bit of an anonymous buffer here, I won't say the name of the show, but if you know me, then you'll know what I'm talking about. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. If you know, you know. So with that being said, this show was a little bit crazy. It was kind of like it was kind of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to make a full circle come back here, because people would just randomly start disappearing throughout the show. There would be there would be not a single night. Let me let me make sure. Yeah, there was not a single night where we had a full cast because people would randomly drop without any explanation, or they would just leave and get in fights with with other cast members, which I never knew about. It would just be like, hey, where's so and so tonight? Are they performing? They're like, oh no, they quit. They're done. Like, oh. Okay. All right. And then next we would have a, a person break their foot. and I'm like, what are you doing to break your foot right now? This is, this is not the Olympics. We are not athletes. We are not the athletic kids. We are theater people. So what are you doing to hurt yourself so bad that you break a foot? Or if we'd have, we had, a <laughs> this was a specific story in general they, we did like a most likely to thing in the cast. So most likely to forget a line on stage or most likely to break character. It was the most, it was the person who was voted most likely to sabotage another cast member. And the person who got most likely to get hurt on stage that ended up happening that exact same night, the same night that we voted those two people as those, you know, those roles, it happened between those two, because there was a, there was a push between them. And I think I don't know the the whole story here, but they, they said that the push happened and it just got placed weird, I guess. And so the person got hurt and had to go home and didn't do the show anymore. And so everyone's like, of course, looking at this person now, like, did you sabotage to get the role? And of course they didn't, but it was just kind of ironic that it happened not only like with those two people, but that exact same night, 30 minutes after we had voted that. And it was a wild little story there. So yeah, it was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I felt like we were all competing to win the Chocolate Factory. We were all Charlie and the other kids were just randomly dying or disappearing or getting in fights with the Oompa Loompas. And it was a little bit of a wild ride. But like I said, I love the drama. I was here for it. I would love when we would go to cast dinners and I'd be caught up on everything. Because like I said, I don't like to be involved. I don't like to be the start of it. But I do, I do love hearing it. I want to know every play-by-play of the drama that is happening backstage because that is by far more interesting than the drama that's happening in front a couple of you had submitted stories about just actors who you know get into a showmance which if you need me to break that down for you a showmance is when two actors who are acting alongside each other fall in love for real and usually what a showmance means is drama right because it doesn't last a showmance very rarely does a, a showman's last and very rarely is a showman's good because it's these two people that should not be together that are put together. And it creates the best drama, you guys, the best kind of drama. And a lot of you love to talk about that, right? Because usually what happens with a showman's is they will break up in the mid-show and that usually resolves in people fighting or people giving silent treatment or people taking sides. And... It creates a, I can't say what I want to say, but it creates a poop storm. It creates a disaster backstage because it it just hits the fan backstage. And in the moment, it kind of does suck when you're a castmate having to deal with all this. But afterwards, I live for it. People, (laughs) theater people are the most caring yet heartless people that you will know. You will never meet a person who is more kind and loving and then will immediately stab you in the back because they like someone. Or they want the part that you got. That's usually what theater people fight over: is their love interest, or you got the part that they wanted. They'll they'll stab you in the back. Probably won't even. St- they won't stab you in the back. They'll be very blunt about it. They'll stab you in the front. That doesn't sound right. They'll stab you in the front. They'll stab you in the in the tummy. They'll st- they'll stab you in the tummy. That is my. That is a true saying about theater people. Write that down. Someone write it down. Okay. Now to end with these last two. Okay. This next story is a little bit crazy and it kind of scares me to be honest that this actually happened, but it is a good one. So I'm going to share it. Okay. He wrote this in and said, One night after a little cast party in Park City, I needed to walk to my car. It was late. So reasonably, I was nervous to be walking the far distance to the car by myself. As I neared the stairs that led up to the parking lot, I heard a rustling in the bushes beside me. Nope. Nope. Immediately out. The minute I hear any sort of rustle in a bush, at any point of darkness in the night, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, sorry. Go back to a story. I kept walking as if I heard nothing, but it definitely scared me. I heard it again as I was halfway up the staircase. This time, I looked back and saw a huge man making the way out of the bushes and bolt towards me. This freaks me out to read. Ah, Okay, sorry. I'll keep going. I ran as fast as I could, skipping two to three stairs at a time. I looked back and saw him skipping four to five stairs. He was catching up, and I got up up the stairs and realized that he was nipping at my heels. I could practically feel his breath on my neck. I just kept running, and eventually, by God's good grace, made it to my car. I slammed and locked the door, and he immediately ran back towards the stairs and eventually out of my sight. After calling police, I discovered that this was not the first, not the second, but the third time that this had happened to someone in the area that night. Hopefully he was caught, but as far as I know, he could still be out there. That freaks me out. That freaks me out that that happens. And not only happened once, not twice, but three times that we know of. It could have happened more and the cops aren't doing anything. Hello, Park City Police. Do something about this. There's men bolting at people. Change that. Ah, okay. Well, now I'm all hot and bothered. I don't... Hot and bothered? I don't think that's the... (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that's the saying I'm trying to use. I just meant it because I'm sweating and it bothers me. So maybe I just need to come up... I'm stressed. <laughs> I think hot and bothered is when you're liking someone, right? Hot and bothered? I don't know. Nah, maybe I'll stick with it. Hot and bothered. I feel hot and bothered by that story. <laughs> okay, on to our final one. She says, Boy, oh boy, do I have a story for you. It was 2018 and I was in an all-star cast of Footloose. All-star meaning It was the worst show I've ever been in. Yep, yep. I was, I was in this. I was in this show. Anyway, my cast and I had developed a habit of eating oops all berries and frozen coffees from Dunkin' Donuts before every show. Why do you ask? Because the show was so bad. I guess we were self-sabotaging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was just the beginning of Act Two, right before my big solo number, when I felt it—the grumble in my lo. I love that you say tummy. The grumble in my lower tummy. You know the one. Now, this tiny theater did not have a bathroom backstage, and I only had about six minutes before my one and only solo of the show, but I knew I had to get this done. If I didn't, it <laughs> I'm going to quote her here so it does swear. It would have been shit loose instead of foot loose. So clever, by the way. I, so I ran. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, clenching my butt cheeks with every stride, I ran to the other side of the theater, up the stairs into the bathroom. I knew I had only moments to spare. All I could imagine was my mic turning on during the flush, but with literal seconds to spare, I ran my way back to the stage and made it just in time. After typing that out, I can't remember now if I had to poop before and held it through the whole song or if I had to hurry and went before. I honestly don't remember. I blocked it out. (laughs) That is amazing. Okay. I... I do remember, I do remember the oops all berries and and the coffee before every show. And let me just tell you, oops all berries is one of Earth's finest treasures, but it will mess you up. It will 100 percent wreck your day. You have to plan you have to plan very accordingly when you choose to eat a bowl of oops all berries, the Captain Crunch cereal, because it's delicious, but it will keep you in the bathroom for a good hour. Or so. I don't know what about it is. It's just so good. And can I also add, not only does Oops All Berries wreck you up, same thing with any sort of frozen blended coffee, that will tear you apart, but also those green meals, the green frozen mac and cheese, especially the wheels, I don't know why they make them so delicious because if you have more than one, you are out for the next day. Like, don't plan anything fancy. Don't plan on going anywhere that doesn't have a bathroom within a 30-second notice, right? If you don't get to a bathroom within 30 seconds, you, you're done for. You're out, bud. Sorry. And there we are talking about poop. Oh, my gosh. Literally the first episode talking about strippers and poop. And I hate poop talk. I hate it with all my might. But here we are. It It's happening on the first episode. So that's great. Okay. Okay. Well, that is all the stories I have from you guys today. Thank you for those of you who submitted those and who were allowed me to tell your story. Um, they were great. Like I said, theater is a magical, magical place. And it's where you get a family. And with any family, you're going to have those people that you absolutely can't stand and that drive you up the wall and that make you cringe. Just like family. If you have made it this far into the podcast, first of all, give yourself a pat on the back because... This is my first episode, so I can only assume that it's going to be rough, but I'll get better. I'll get better with these next two coming up, you know, a practice trial and error. But if you guys would do me the favor, if you did like it, or if you thought something in this podcast was funny that someone else might like, if you wouldn't mind sharing it just so I can try to get more of a feel to get more of a, you know, a name for myself out there, it would mean the world to me. And I will give you a standing ovation. I'll give you a kiss on the mouth. I'll give you a kiss on the mouth if you share this. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you on the next podcast. Bye.